Lane Coin Podcast with the Lane Coin Boys, home of the shitbox bets of the week. Uh, this week we have the boys from the Flag Hunting Pod, and I love what they do because two of my absolute favorite sports they are total pros in uh, NASCAR and golf, and they have this sort of uh, tag team deal, um, and. I love what they do. And so we, we in, initially invited Chris on and then Rory stopped me and said, well, you're stupid if you don't get Ian on too. So we got both the boys from the flag hunting pod on and uh, without further ado, uh, as we do every week, this is just a conversation style. Uh, the boys hanging out over zoom. One, one of these days we'll have a live show. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking Talladega. We're going to be talking a little bit more of the safety and some comments. We're going to be talking, uh, Roval side note. I love betting road courses and, um, and we're going to, we're going to talk on some juicy topics. So without further ado, Chris from the flag hunting pod, I ask everybody this cause it's like my go-to. I don't have to put any thought into it. Uh, and it's one of my favorite answers because I'm always curious on how people get to be NASCAR fans, especially for me being from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, none of my friends were NASCAR friends. So Chris, how did you be, get into NASCAR? How did you become a fan? When did you figure out that you could bet on it? When did you figure out you you were like, okay, well, I might actually be good at this. So kind of walk me through that process for you. Yeah, so I guess first off, uh, thanks to you guys for, for letting us be on here tonight. This is awesome. And uh, listen to the first five episodes, and you guys are a blast to listen to. So And uh, lucky to, to call you guys friends as we all got to meet in PA a few months ago in, in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so how did I get into NASCAR? So um, NASCAR is pretty much ingrained in me. Uh, my dad worked for DEI for basically his whole life. Um, actually, before DEI, he um, was personal friends with Tommy Baldwin Jr. up in Long Island, New York. Um, so I was actually born in Long Island, New York, and then we moved to Charlotte um, for the purpose of NASCAR. My dad moved down here to be on the number one Pennzoil Sea uh, uh, Park team, the pit crew. Yeah. And he was also the travel coordinator for DEI as well for a few years. And then, um, so yeah, I have very fond memories of watching the TV every Sunday, looking for my dad on TV, um, you know, setting up, we had like one of those big square rugs in the living room and set up all my cars around it. And I would race the cars around the rug as they were racing yes, on sir. TV. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much how I got into NASCAR just in general. Um, and then uh, probably around, you know, 2006, 2007-ish, when there's like a little bit of downturn, downturn in the sport, um, my dad actually left the sport and I also left the sport and I had stopped watching for a few years. Cause I was just, I was mad. I was, I kind of boycotted the fact that my dad, you know, he had done this his whole life and 
got laid off and I was just mad. And then um, honestly, the fact that what got me back into it was Dale Jr.'s last season when I heard he was retiring. I was like, okay, I have to watch this. I need to like see Dale Jr.'s final season. And then I was just fully back in at that point because, you know, at that same point where Dan- Dale Jr. was leaving, you had guys like Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott and Larson and some really young talents coming to the sport at that time. So that's how I got back into it. Um, and then around that same time was when Ian discovered golf betting and he started up a group chat with a few of us and started giving us golf plays every week. And finally one day I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to start giving out some NASCAR plays. So we had this group chat where he was giving golf. I was giving NASCAR. We had a few other guys giving, you know, baseball and uh, football plays and all that. And uh, yeah, we had that going for probably about a year before we kicked off the podcast and what really got us started on the podcast was shout out full tank Phil. Uh, he posted on, or he said on his show, you know, Hey, I'm looking for guests. If anybody wants to come on and, you know, let me know. So I shot him a message, kind of told him my background. He was like, let's do it. Have me on. Like, let's, let's go. So I went on his show and honestly, I got off that show and I was just like, I felt like I was on a high and I immediately called Ian. I was like, you know, we got to do this. We got to, we got to start this podcast. Like, yeah. you know, we've, we've been hitting that for a while. So yeah, here we are. It's funny you say that. So two of the things uh, really resonated with me with that. So I actually got into the NASCAR betting world through a group chat as well, because my buddies knew that I bet on NASCAR and they knew that I won. And they were like, you have to start putting these plays in this group chat. So we're going to take it. I'm like, okay, sure. And then a guy that I didn't know inside the group chat was like, dude, rebrand your Twitter account, start putting these plays. We'll bring you on with Skybox. And I was like, Sure. That sounds good. So it's funny how group chats uh, yep. have started this. Right. And then Phil, dude, there is so much in this community and in, in this, uh, this deal we got going in NASCAR betting that revolves around full tank with Phil. That dude's got the first of uh, the original NASCAR betting podcast. You can fact check me, go ahead and Google it. And, and also another thing that I love that he does is he brings people on that are not podcasters. They're, they're, mm-hmm. And I'm not not every week like he has he has us on. Right. But he brings people on that have no you know experience in the podcast or the live stream or recording or talking about it. And they actually turn out to be pretty damn good shows. So, yeah. you know, shout out to Full Take with Phil. We had him on uh, last week. I think it was last week. Um, and he always does a great job. So Ian, who is the golf connoisseur of the group. And I guess I'll, 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 I'll switch this question up on you. You can answer it any which way you want. But yeah. when did you become a golf fan slash NASCAR fan? When did you start betting on these on golf? Um, when did you figure out that, okay, I might be good at this? Yeah. Um, yeah, what's up, guys? I'm, I'm Ian. Um, the golf half, like, uh, like Mark said, of the Flag Hunting Podcast. I honestly and – me and Chris grew up together, so we've known each other for a long time. We've always been big sports fans pretty much all year round, uh, whether it's football season, basketball season, whatever it is. Um, that's been a core part of our friendship for as long as I can remember. So um, as far as golf and NASCAR, really, it just come, it came down to my upbringing. I mean, I didn't grow up with a dad as like a, um, in NASCAR or in golf or anything like that. But if it wasn't football season on a Sunday afternoon, like – when my dad and I would double work around the house, like that's what we would do together is go to the living room and, and either watch the tournament, watch the end of the NASCAR race. Um, my entire family were huge Dale Earnhardt fans. So basically like my entire, like, you know, 1994 when I was born till about, you know, 2001, every Sunday, I pretty much sat down there and watched uh, and watched Dale go around and big DEI fans as well. So 
yeah, I mean, we're, me and Chris are both from North Carolina. It's, you know, racing is kind of in our DNA up there. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was just something that I kind of grew up with. It was always a part of me um, in terms of the betting side. Um, it like, like kind of like Chris said, I didn't really, I, I had a little, probably like a 10 year break of not really watching much NASCAR or really golf. I was a swimmer growing up. I was a tennis player. I did other things. So I played music. So I, I kind of <clears throat> didn't really get into golf like big time until after college um, when I was kind of done with all the other sports and I um, wanted something to do and kind of golf took that, that little bit of a void um, of wanting to be competitive, wanting to, uh, want to be able to get better or something. So I first got into golf, like the actual sport when I was like 21. And then I started just listening to golf shows, um, like podcasts and whatnot, as a result of kind of me getting into golf. And that led me down to gambling. I've always gambled my, I'm half Filipino, which if you know any Asians, like we're huge gamblers, like we'll gamble on anything. So uh, that was always like, whenever I went back home to the Philippines, we'd go to the casino on like, um, you know, we had midnight mass for Christmas and then we spent the entire day on the 25th in the casino. So that was just like part of me as well. Uh, so everything kind of coincided. I've always gambled and um, I listened to like Pat Mayo and some of uh, and Rick Game and some of like the founding fathers of golf, um, you know, betting content on, on the internet these days. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I, <laughs> I don't know if I, like, I, it's still one of those things where I'm not sure if I'm really good at golf betting yet, but like, I, I, I am obsessed with it and I'm obsessed with like course breakdowns. If you listen to our golf shows, like I get super obsessed and Chris sometimes has to stop me from rambling for like longer than 30, 40 minutes on like a random course breakdown. So, um, yeah, I'm, I just enjoy the process, man. I enjoy coming out here, talking with Chris and, and meeting you guys. Cause that's one thing that I, I do like admire about the NASCAR community is it's so like closely knit and you guys are able to put on events and, and, you know, have each other on shows and support each other. So that's always been really cool to me. And I'm happy to be, uh, even just an auxiliary part of that. Yeah. There's, uh, <clears throat> the more, you know, right. Uh, Asians and Filipinos, uh, especially are big gamblers. The more, you know, um, but yeah, but <laughs> golf, golf has a soft spot in my heart. So I actually, uh, similar to you, dad had it on the TV every afternoon when I was growing up in my teens, I'm like, that's boring. I'd rather take a nap and sleep through it than watch yeah. it. Right. And then uh, when I graduated high school, I got my first set of clubs um, and I realized obviously how hard playing golf is. Um, and, and I am actually born and raised in Ponte Beach, Beach, Florida, home of the players. Um, so I grew up going to the tournament every year. But, you know, once I hit, you know, later in high school and into college, then golf really became a thing that I, you know, embraced and loved. And I loved the technicality of it, the difficulty of it and to see these guys go week in and week out with some of these shots and the consistency they have is just unbelievable. And uh, Chris and I were talking before the show about while in NASCAR, you have outrights um, that, you know, we saw Chris Buescher at hundred to one win Bristol. And we've seen, you know, Chastain earlier this year at 35 to one. And we've seen, you know, Justin Haley, we've seen these crazy, crazy odds that have cashed, but I feel like in golf and, and you would know this better than I, maybe you can touch on it, but, in golf, you could get these hundred to one guys and these fifty to one guys could we could win week in and week out. And you you find a guy that's that's consistent and he's hot for one week and he's got the putter rolling that mm. any of these guys can go out and win. So what what are your thoughts? How how do you and and I tell people all the time NASCAR oh anybody can win yeah that that hundred to one yeah it's got a chance but 
I feel like in golf, they have a better chance. Am I wrong about that? Or how do you feel about that? Uh, I think that depends maybe a little bit on the tournaments. Um, I mean, it's a good thing we're kind of talking in the fall because I always tell Chris, like, if you ever, if you ever, like, if, if your style of betting revolves around, like, you like to punt on the long and long shots, like, you like to <laughs> bet like, a lot of guys at 101, 125, 150 to 1, like, this is the time to do it. The fields are so wide open. There's not as many elite names. Uh, typically, when you see, like, the major championships and some of the FedEx Cup events, um, you know, they're typically claimed by the elite players in the world. But the thing with golf is that the venue changes every single week. And like, unlike a NASCAR where I feel like there's probably like three prototypes or four prototypes of tracks. Like if you get a certain guy on a course where he's comfortable on, like you said, like he's capable if he plays well of, of winning the tournament. So um, some of the guys that are undervalued on a week to week basis, if you get them to a place and a venue that they like, uh, they're certainly live to win. And um yeah, a lot of it, again, a lot of it depends on course fit. A lot of it depends on the field and in, in, in question how many elite guys they're going to have to beat uh, because unlike NASCAR, like in golf, like the best players in the world could just choose not to show up that week if it's like a tournament they're not interested in, right? So um, as you have these lesser strengths of fields, the gap shrinks between the top of the board and the bottom of the board, and that presents opportunities um, for some of these long shot guys. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've... Sure. We've hit, uh, we've hit, I think, 175 to one is the biggest hit we've had on the podcast yeah. so far, which is not really accessible in too many other sports. So it's definitely a fun sport to bet on. Um, you know, like you don't have to sit there and sweat all 72 holes like I do, but you know, it, there's no better feeling for me than waking up on Sunday morning with 18 holes to play and you got a couple of guys right there in the mix. So damn right. Yeah. So we've been fortunate enough to catch some tickets, um, you know, since we saw the podcast, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm addicted to it. I love it. So. It, you sound like me when you when you talk about golf betting. You talk like me when I explain to people. I'm like, yeah, I literally am obsessed and addicted to NASCAR and betting on NASCAR. It's it it is my escape. It's my hobby. It's what I love to do. It's like it's like my thing. Yeah. Um, so so let's let's go back to Talladega. After all, this is a NASCAR betting podcast, uh, but we like to lay coin on on different bets, especially me. I like to have fun. But let's go back to Talladega. So. Uh, we, we talked last week about how we approach betting at Talladega. I am firm. Uh, I am only outright, only top three, only top five, possibly a juicy top 10, you know, manufacturer bets, stuff like that at Talladega. Uh, and Rory, I promise you, I haven't forgot about you. I promise. I know we're, we're, we might set a record again this week on how long we keep him quiet. But I want to ask Chris one more question before we get to you. He's, he's flipping me off. Uh, all right. So, so Chris, I know, I know people, you know, there might be a, gen, a general way to bet super speedways, but um, how do you approach a super speedway bet? And, and more importantly, how did you do at Talladega last week? Um, okay. So first, how'd I do? So we actually, let me start with how I built my card first. Cause that'll explain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah super speedways. I don't touch anything other than outrights. Literally. I only bet outrights. Um, you know, for the when we first started our the inception of our podcast, that's all I really did at the very beginning was did both of us. We've kind of just we kind of structured our podcast around like outrights only. Like we we rarely ever touch props. I think to this day, Ian has not put a prop out as a public play. Um, yeah, it's called flag so, hunting. Right? We're just we're just pincing. Yeah, it. No, I like <laughs> it. I like it. Yeah, Birdie or um, So Derek actually is the one who convinced me to kind of get some some props in the into the card here for NASCAR. So I've slowly gotten into the prop game, but. When it comes to super speedways, I don't, I don't screw around with the props. It's, it's, I like to call it the spray and pray approach. I just throw out seven, eight guys 
and just hope we hit. And hey, so far this year, we hit what Ian, like what three of the six super speedways we hit an outright. So nice. Um, as for Talladega, we did not hit, but coming down the last lap, we had the guys in third and fourth. We had Eric Jones and, Mer- and uh, Michael McDowell. Um, so we were in position, and like Ian said, like it's kind of similar to like on Sunday where you're coming eight, coming in with like uh, 18 holes of play. You hope you have somebody in the mix. For me, at super speedways. If, if we're in the last two laps and we've got at least two guys in like that top five, it's anyone's ball game. So. Um, unfortunately no hits this week, but it was fun to watch, you know, two guys, you know, come down the end, hopefully having a shot at it. Unfortunately it didn't work out that way, but it was close. All right. So I, uh, did not watch the final laps of the race because, uh, one of my best high school buddies, uh, first of all, decided to get married on a Sunday. Second of all, decided to get married on a Sunday during football season. And third of all, decided to get married on a Sunday during football season on Talladega weekend, so I missed like the last forty laps. So yeah, shame on him. Point. Yeah, go I ahead. Just, you you live in Jacksonville, right? So I mean, NFL Sundays haven't mean haven't mean much in like a long time. So <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. The Jack- You know what? I, I'm not even mad about it because I've heard it so many times from so many of my buddies. <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah, just keep piling on. Except uh, we're the top of the AFC South. Thank you very much. Uh, we should we should not have lost to Washington Week One. The Redskins, for that matter. Uh, anyway, we, we can talk football if we want. I'm, we can get, we can turn hey, this into a football betting podcast. Mark, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask Ian who he's a fan of if, and you can throw it right back at him. Oh God, here we go. Who is it? Let's go brownies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that ammunition, Chris. I'm going to get something up and going. All right. So, uh, for the, for the sixth week in a row, cause this is the sixth episode of the land coin podcast. Uh, we have now uh, kept Rory quiet for far too long. So we've already heard uh, how you bet super speedways, but how did you turn out? What did you think of the race? Are you okay with the, with the, uh, with the clean race, per se? Um, do you like Calamity, or, or did you enjoy the race in Talladega, and, and how would you fare? Well, first off, I want to say the reason why I wanted to bring Ian on the show is because Ian's drinking beer like a man. What is Chris drinking? Yeah, a fucking white claw. Like, we, we, we already know who wears the pants in this relationship. It's Ian. He's a beer drinker. Although I will say, Chris did a really good job on that damn shotgun because Phil, he did. boy, I heard you can pace, but we don't have to pace that damn slow. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Isn't that what you was thinking? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Talladega, fuck Talladega. Like had Keselowski. I had I had a few other drivers that that were up there. I told a few of Speedway Steves, and I just told a few other people's, and nothing nothing hit, nothing worked out. Like told my damn bookie to take Chase Elliott earlier that morning. And and you didn't take it. I didn't. I didn't even take him. He was like, "Who?" Well, he was just asking, "Who do you think's gonna win?" I said, "Chase is gonna win," but at plus twelve hundred, like, I'm going the opposite route. I usually wouldn't even hesitate on a restrictor plate. The way these playoffs have been, that's one of those things where do not second guess what the hell you have thinking in in your head. Like, if you tell somebody else that they ask you who's going to win the race and you tell them that person and don't take them, you're a jackass. 
I was a jackass Sunday. Like, give it, give props to my man NASCAR Prophecy had him. He 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 nailed it. Like he just had a feeling. Like he said, he he was like that. That team's due. NASCAR wants him on to the next round, and he won the race. I was like, hell, that's a good observation. I I go with that sometimes too. It it doesn't always have to be metric speed, whatever else. I mean. If you're thinking ahead of the game, how how long does your your luck of not getting caught up into something and whatnot go ahead and change all of a sudden? And and sometimes, I mean, call me stupid, whatever else. I I sometimes imagine what the race is going to do, and that's how I come up with some of my shit. I mean, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but. At the end of the day, if you don't take them, if you don't take what your gut's telling you, you get so pissed off at yourself afterwards. Yeah. It's unreal what what it does to you. It makes you a better gambler because you're just like, fuck it, I'm throwing it down on this. Like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I think I, – I, and I've said this time and time again, I do this for fun. I do this for magic, for, for you know, storylines. I do this based on quotes. And there's there's guys out there that that quote unquote do this for a living. And I just first of all, don't think that's possible. Second of all, it is true. If you're like, all right, I have a feeling that Chase Elliott's going to win, especially at a super speedway race. Give me a break. What numbers are you going to throw at me that are going to sway me from betting someone that I want to bet on? Right. Um, But anyway. um, I like I like Ian being a Dale senior fan. That's awesome. Like, oh, yeah. that's a that's a cool ass story. Your your parents, they raised you right, son. Taylor Hart and Tiger Woods. Those were the two. Those are the two gods of my household. The goats, dude. The goats. Yeah, the goats. The goats. Hell yeah! I like you. I like your family's way of thinking. I bet you they didn't <laughs> tell you to pull for the fucking Browns. <laughs> my dad's from Akron, Ohio, so I didn't have much choice in that matter. <laughs> all, right, all right. So, do you love or hate LeBron? Are you a Cavs fan? Yeah. I mean, I he. If it wasn't for 2016, I would say hate, but like he won our city's only title in the last like 16. I'm coming. Kyrie, Kyrie. I mean, I'm I'm a Kyrie. So Kyrie's my my boy, you know. Absolutely. Back shit crazy. Um, but yeah, dude. When he hit that three over fucking Clay Thompson in 2016, I I lost my shit and my uh Kyrie, Kyrie was a nasty man. He the ball control, dribbling, quickness, shooting, finishing at the rim, everything combined. In my opinion, Kyrie Irving was the most complete offensive player in the game during his three- or four-year run where he was the – I mean, that's who I want shooting the ball. I don't want fucking LeBron shooting. No. Like, give, give me Kyrie. Give me Kyrie to make the magic happen. Yeah, I mean, LeBron is, like, the closest thing to magic we've ever seen. That doesn't mean, like, I want him taking the last shot. Like, he's not he's not a true – Yeah, he ain't fucking Michael Jordan. Yeah. I can yeah. tell everybody that. He ain't even Larry Bird. Larry Bird go out there and tell you where he's going to fucking make the shot. And you can go there and advance and get up in his shit. And then the white dude could jump, like, what, 12-inch vertical or some shit? Like <laughs> – it's still a fucking rocket over your head. Like, that is nasty yeah. straight up. I'm the man. Y'all come come on and get you some. And if you want to fight about it, 
I don't think anybody wants to throw them bows with fucking Larry Bird. <laughs> I have a story. I have a story. I have a story. You sound literally exactly like my dad. And one time we're sitting in my living room and it's me and one of my best buddies and uh, my dad and my godfather. So two old heads and two young guys. And we're having this argument about LeBron and MJ. And then it spirals into uh, the the uh, modern day Warriors versus like the 70s or 80s Lakers, whenever that was. Yeah. And my buddy, literally, we're, we're drinking, right? We're having a good time. And he squats down like he's about to take a shit. And he goes, the Warriors would take a shit on the 70s Lakers and my dog, my 70 pound dog comes up and just bites him in the ass. Swear to God, true story. <laughs> absolute, absolute true story. And from then on, it was the 70s Lakers would beat uh, the 17 Warriors or whatever year that was. So uh, just a fun story. All right. NASCAR betting podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Back on track. But this is what I love about this podcast. You never know what the hell you're going to get. If you would have told me 30 minutes ago that we'd be talking about the 2016 Kyrie Irving shot over whoever um honestly sign me up for it i'm cool with it not a big nba fan but here we are but ian to your point uh you you picked right with dale senior and you picked right um with tiger i'm sorry about the the cleveland hometown or akron that's that's unfortunate. Hey, AL Central champs. That's all I got to say. Yeah, okay. For my baseball fans out there. Oh, well, what do we have going on in, in baseball and basketball? Let's hear, hear your teams and that. Uh, well, I mean, I pull for the Hornets in basketball because I was, I've was i lived in Charlotte for so long, but I do pull for the Cavs. Um, and then me and Chris are actually opposed on this as far as college goes. I'm a, I grew up a Duke fan. He grew up a Carolina fan, so that was a big oh. for us growing up. Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of – uh, Barbs thrown during during basketball season as, as kids in high school and middle school. So North like, Carolina, come on and raise up. Take your shirt off. Swing it around your head like a helicopter, baby. Chris Chris has this one on you. Uh, Chris, Chris has this one. Like, fight, you know what that even means, Chris? Yeah, of course I do. Why don't you join in, dude? Come what on. Little, P- little Petey Pablo in the house. Like – now, now we give Chris a, a man point back in, in this Wait, you're relationship. A Tar Heel fan? Roy, you're, you're, Roy, you're a Tar Heel fan? Oh, hell yeah. Fuck, dude. No, fuck. He's also – No, no, no. no, no. He's also Roy a Cowboys the, fan. Roy is Cowboys the – Roy, have you ever been to Chapel Hill? Have you ever been to Chapel Hill? No, I haven't. You would hate it there. I know. I, I would. Guaranteed. I love that. Go to Chapel Hill for 30 I, minutes, you will not be a Carolina fan anymore. <laughs> You'll pull for State I'm, or you'll pull for Duke or something like that. You will not be a Chapel Hill fan. No fucking way you're, you're a UNC fan. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you like that? Let me tell you something about Rory. I mean, I like the GOAT, Michael Jordan. That's where he went to school. I, I was born in 84, so I've never seen him play in college. But I got to pull for the man that wears the school up underneath his shorts while he's playing in a, in a real NBA game, throwing it down. And you got to have them lucky North Carolina shorts on because that's how we produce shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he, 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 him and I wish I could have grew up and seen him and Len Bias go at it. See, I don't even know who Len Bias is. So here we are. <laughs> what the freak? He's like one of the biggest what could have been. All right. Life. That's Mark, you have ESPN Plus, right? Yes, yeah. sir, I do. All right, so go to 30 for 30, watch the Lynn Bias documentary, and then 
you'll be like, I'm an idiot for not knowing who Lynn Bias is. All right, copy that. I will. Um, not not really an idiot, but it, no, it it's hard to I've, believe that. He, I've been called worse names, Roy. He, he was nasty. Like, All right, you, you know what else go is going to be nasty? The Charlotte Roval, because who the fuck knows how to bet this one this week? All right. I flip a coin. That's a that's a special segue. That's a good that's a, that's a that's a good that's a good thing to do, Rory, because who who knows what's gonna happen? And I, I wanna get I wanna spit this out before we start. What if I told you I like Briscoe? I can't spit too. it out. What I like Briscoe, I like Briscoe too. I do too, because I no like one him knows to what's win. Happen. Let's, I like him to win. Bring it, I like bring it him in, to boys. Win. Wait, bring it bring it in, boys. Bring it in. Chase Briscoe will finish in the top ten. He will finish in the top ten. I think anyway, Chase Briscoe might win. I think Chase Briscoe might win the fucking race. Ooh. Ooh. All right. So, to your point, we don't know what's going to happen. And typically, in years past, I love betting road courses. I feel like that i i have an I have an edge betting road courses because we know who the road course quote unquote ringers are. And yeah, so does Vegas. But I feel like when you get you know you know you get like for example this week in years past if you had Chris Busher. Uh, at 30 to one and minus 110 for a top 10 after scoring four, going four for five on road courses this year, uh, finishing in the top 10. Like that's clearly mispriced by Vegas. But when you look at the season as a whole and, and you know, having a chaotic race at Texas and a tame race at Talladega, that just sums up, you know, the whole NASCAR season. So going into this, I'm not going to say that I'm going to bet it like a super speedway because I'm still going to be matchup heavy. But we don't know what the hell is going to happen. We obviously we've seen Tyler Reddick shoot out of a cannon this year. We've seen Chase Chase Elliott, you know, re, re retain the top of the board on road courses. And we haven't, you know, Kyle Larson won Watkins Glen and, and he had a fast car, but we really haven't seen his his dominance. So, um, and we've seen all the first time winners and the first four races in the playoffs. Yeah, I could go on and on and on about how crazy this season has been, but I think. That I am gonna, I'm, I'm gonna look at guys like Briscoe, like Busher, like McDowell, that have been running great on road courses this year that have still shit odds because I think Vegas is still holding on to that, uh, you know, crazy season anybody can win type thing. Which I guess on one side of the coin I'm okay with. On the other side of the coin, if you know what stance am I gonna take? Am I gonna take the stance of okay, I feel like I still have an edge in road course betting. Or do I feel like this is going to be a crazy, uh, uh, you know, continuing the storyline of the season? So I am going to look at, you know, guys that, um, you know, we saw Ross Chastain at, at Coda at 30 to one or whatever that number was, 33 to one. Um, but Chris, what, when you're when you're going into, a, you know, this specific race at the Roval, I think it's going to be difficult. But what are your thoughts on having an edge compared to years past and, do you feel like you still have an edge even with this craziness of the season? Yeah. So I guess I'll first, I'll start off by saying uh, me and Ian will be in attendance on Sunday. Oh. So we will, we will be there uh, as it okay. is in the backyard. So um, Mark, I had an extra ticket for you and uh, I, I, know, I can't swing it. I can't swing it. <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, drive down to Fort Lauderdale. I got a, I got a plane seat for you too. Yes, Take sir. Count me in. The plane. <laughs> All right. In that case, sure. count me in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from, from a betting standpoint, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you in the sense of like, 
there's so many this there's so many like wide like a wide variance of things that could happen this week because you've got so many different variables at play you know are people going to be racing for points like just going for the stage win taking themselves out of contention by you know um no, out of the winning strategy but not pitting before the end of stage one or whatever um you know you've got guys who literally go out there and they have nothing to lose you know like guys like Tyler Reddick and like you said Michael McDowell and like they have they can go out there stress-free not have to worry about points not to worry about anything else they're just going out there just you know kind of like what you said on Derek's show it's, it's their livelihood they're gonna go out there they're gonna try to like go out there and win money for their team and and all the prestige that comes with it so do I think I have an edge I still think there are. I still still think there are edges to like. There's certain things we can look at. I'm actually really excited to kind of pick your brain about some stage one bets because I think you're one of the kings of stage one bets at the road courses this year. So, um, yeah, stage one bets. I think qualifying is, can be fun. Yeah. Um, and I think and I think there's guys like you said. Like we can we can still forego the top of the board and hope to catch a winner further down because we've seen it happen so many times this year. So uh, we're we're what we're doing FHP this week, we're actually betting three guys right in the middle. So we're, we're not going kind of up top. We're not going all the way down either. So we're kind of bridging the gap. I think stage one bets are going to be very lucrative this week. Um, and yeah, I have hit a couple stage one bets this year. And to be honest with you, they have nothing to do with numbers. The only number that I look at uh, when betting stage one is starting position. Obviously, that's a big deal, you know, pending what track you're at. But at a place like this in this part of the season, I think, you know, uh, stage bets, both stages, not just stage one, even though I, I, I prefer to bet stage one for obvious reasons, just starting position, you know, where they're going to be. But um, what I look at for stage one bets is what are the drivers commenting? What are they saying? Are they going to give us any sort of quote that we could say, OK, I'm points racing today or uh, we got to go for points today? So like Chase Elliott terrible stage one bet he's not going to win stage one he's going to short pit now could everybody short pit yeah i guess but is that going to happen no because all these guys are going to be going for all these playoff guys are going to be going for stage one bets so obviously cross chase elliott off the list doesn't matter if he's the fastest car practice qualifying starts p1 do not bet chase elliott stage one now then when you get to and i'm curious to see how vegas and i keep referring to vegas uh, uh, odds makers I'm curious to see how odds makers list and price these stage one bets because are they going to, you know, take the playoff drivers and just shove them all the way up at the front? In my opinion, that's what they should do. Uh, I, I think that you take the top like five uh, qualifiers that are playoff drivers and just stick them like anywhere between four to one and like eight to one. Um, but I, I'm hoping that maybe some of these offshores and some of these local books that offer stage one bets, I'm hoping that they, you know, let's say um, Ryan Blaney, for example, he's probably going to be point racing. Chase Briscoe is definitely going to be point racing. Um, and he's, he's already won two stage one stage ones on road courses this year. So depending on where Chase, uh, Chase Briscoe starts the race, he will be the number one line that I'm looking at this week. Um, and then a guy like Ryan Blaney, depending on where he starts, he will also be very high on the list um, of stage one bets. And one last thing, my stage one bets will 100% be playoff drivers. Uh, there's no sense in betting someone that's not a playoff driver. Obviously, yes, it could happen. Um, but, but that's not definitely not something that I'm looking. Uh, I'm not, I'm not looking to bet anybody outside the playoffs for stage one, but if you guys well, want you're anything, the you're go. the first you're the first stage master. Like you've hit quite a few of them. Thank you. It it's been 
been great. One that I'm looking at is Daniel Suarez. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he could qualify very very good. And I hope he qualifies back far, far enough like you were saying the books don't pay attention to it. Dude, he could like, be like 30 to 1 or something crazy to win stage 1. Probably maybe but, even worse than that. But let's say he is the top qualifying driver that needs to stay out in stage one to get 10 points because he thinks he has a good enough car to stay out through stage two and get back on the same page as, as the leaders basically, and then roll out of there with a top 10, you you know, like something, something of that nature. I could definitely see that. I took him at damn Coda to win stage one and got so lucky. I was like, I have this feeling he's just going to stay out. And, and try to do the win first stage, then come back through the field. And the car broke. Well, I can't remember what the hell broke on it, but something broke. But he had a really good car. I think he could have managed his way back back up through there throughout the race. But Coda turned into a shit show also at, at times. So that's another question that I'll open the floor to is, do you guys think this is going to be the Indy Road Course Coda road course race with just absolute shit show shenanigans or do you think we're going to see some guys behave uh possibly because we're in the playoffs now i don't know if there's like a way to behave especially going to like turn one like we see it every single year like guys just get their races absolutely destroyed um on restarts there at the thomas Hartburn turn there so like they're yeah like there's gonna be guys obviously that, that are incentivized to keep the noses clean but at a certain point i think there's there's things that are out of these guys' control, um, especially on restarts. We've seen it, like like I said, year over year, that, uh, you know, guys just get pushed out of the way uh, when it's like four or five wide there going into turn one on the restarts. So that's something me and Chris talked about um, on, la- on last night's show. But, yeah, I think in general uh, you're going to see some some real chaos this week for sure, especially considering what, what, we have throughout the sport. One thing, one thing I'm thinking is I think there's certain portions of the track that you – Imagine if Kevin Harvick would have hit Chase Elliott like he did and the way he hit the wall that he did with this new car. Straight in the like there, yeah. there yeah. are spots on this track that are very dangerous if yeah. you take somebody out and there's a wall right there. It's a perfect angle. We might see – I mean, I hate to say this. I'm not being – like, I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying we could see a first, like, like concussion on a, a slower style track. It, it's almost like Martinsville. I, th- I wonder if that's why they were so scared to use the bumper and move people out of the way there earlier this year because they already had the hard hits already earlier in the year. And they're like, most accidents at Martinsville take place and it's most of the time right in the middle of the turn and they hit that right-hand side of the car in the corner. And it's a complete shit show going on with that thing because Alex Bowman's wreck, you would have never in your life imagined that happened. Yeah. Well, I, I think Alex Bowman's wreck and Kurt Busch's wreck, they they were at such low speeds. I guess Kurt Busch's was, was pretty high and uh, – bigger impact i don't know i could be wrong but i went back and looked at kurtz again because at first glimpse it didn't look as bad as it was his it 
fucked him up? Why has he not been back in the race car? That yeah. was an incredible hit if you watch his in-car camera mm-hmm. and him hitting the wall. That changed my mind totally. On I was like, this car is a piece of shit. All right, so you, you, I, I want to get your take on this because you said it earlier, and I want this to be the breaking news of the breaking Rory news comment of the week. It's a, phen- it's a phenomenal question. So you have, on one hand, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin's right hand, you have all the comments that he's made about how unsafe this car is. And apparently, he is, has voiced his opinion internally and not to the media, to NASCAR and to people within the industry about how unsafe this is. And you have all this payback talk, William Byron, uh, Ross Chastain, all this talk. He he he, one hundred percent deliberately tried to wreck William Byron. I understand it was under caution, but at Texas, you can clearly see that. And then on the other hand, right? So okay, on the other hand, you have Denny Hamlin saying, uh, "I'm I, this guy's going to get payback." So what is the you know what does he do here? What does he does he you know how Denny Hamlin's in a tight little squeeze here, buddy? I believe that's why some of this payback talk shit's kind of slowed down amongst everybody for the most part. I mean, you might find a driver that's really mad at the time, and of course they want to put on a show on on national television, but at the end of the day, I mean, think about you're out there advocating for, for, for a lot safer race car, along with Kevin Harvick. I feel like that's why Kevin Harvick and Roger Childers now are getting beat on, and, I mean, they already had their cars going to the R&D last week, and it, it it's like, we want to see, we we just want to bust y'all for something. We don't give a shit what it is. We, we want to make y'all look bad because y'all, y'all have been making us look bad out here talking shit about this car. But, hey, face it, NASCAR, the car's a piece of shit. Like, you, you can just suck it up, be a man about it, not be a damn politician and your feelings are hurt. Now you want to do some shit to others for calling you out like our government does. Like that, that that's the way that whole thing works. Like you speak out against them and then now they're looking for you. Like fuck them. Like it, it, it ain't got, it ain't got nothing to do with just other than speaking the truth. The truth hurts sometimes. And like you're, you're God almighty like big rims, low profile tires, short box, piece of shit, sequential gear shifting bullshit ain't holding up to the to the like it it's not holding up. It the car itself's not holding up. It's a piece of shit it's falling apart. The tires don't stay on it because now we're dealing with a car that has smaller smaller profile so there's less rubber rubber to access the heat and they're putting heat in the tires with no inner liner on top of that and Goodyear's I think is trying their best they want to put a good product out there and it's like one of those things where this has never been done before as far as these big ass wheels with lower profile tires and I don't think I don't think they were thinking when they came into this and said well, what kind of heat distribution do we have here? Like, we're, we're talking about a whole different animal. We're not talking about MotoGP, like, 
street bikes here that are lightweight. We're not talking about F1. We're not talking about IndyCar. Like, they're a lot lighter weight. They don't put the pressure on the tires as far as wearing and put heat in the damn tires as a stock car does that weighs thousand whatever pounds. I mean, we're thousand, probably 2,000 more pounds, right, than than a damn IndyCar does. I know F1 probably weighs a little bit more, but it it's one of those things where – I don't, I don't think there was a whole lot of thought of shit put into this other than we're going to roll out with a new car. We're going to move the number up to the front instead of the middle because the son bitch ain't long enough on the ass end to put a sponsor on it with the number being far, far back. And, and we got to roll this thing out because the owners want to save money. They want to cut people's jobs. Like I, I didn't like the whole, whole deal personally because NASCAR is supposed to be, you build it, you bend the rules where you can bend the rules at, gray areas, whatever. And that's what made NASCAR is it had to take smart people, and most of them were considered rednecks back in the day. Nowadays, we got engineers and people like that, but they're still cool-ass people probably. I mean, they they have to be to be involved with, with the sport, like – you have to be a cool ass person to want to work on fast ass cars and and cheat and and win and brag about that shit. Like I love it. Like it, it needs to get back to where it was. The damn cars were safer. It's obvious. Like y'all y'all couldn't even design a car that could take a fucking hit without trying to almost kill people or end their damn career. All right, so that is now coined the uh, new segment of the Land Coin podcast. That is hashtag Rory's rant. Okay, yeah. tune in every week for Rory's rant. <laughs> I love the progression of where that rant went, but in my opinion, yeah, they 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 NASCAR they the NASCAR. If y'all are listening, I do love y'all, but sometimes uh, y'all need y'all need to step up to the plate. And if you want the biggest dick, you got to act like you got the biggest dick. You can't act like a pussy when we're talking about actual people's safety. You can't get mad at them for speaking up about it. There's no doubt. I think, I think, in my opinion, they saw the opportunity to save money, which I'm all about, and clearly it, it, it compromised a few things. Now, to NASCAR's defense, I'm gonna, I, I, I'll echo what Rory said. I totally agree. But to, to devil's advocate here – the car of tomorrow, you heard all these comments, maybe not the safety factor, but you heard all the comments. Kyle Busch is, you know, uh, uh, you know, most fuck. God damn it. I always do that shit. You're muted. I can't hear you. I said, what the fuck, man? What is wrong with you? I don't know, dude. I don't know if drinking vodka. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Vodka and what? Sprite. Oh god damn, that's your. I problem. might just leave this. I might just leave this part in it. Fuck it, right? Whatever. How about I've been how drinking about you switch, How about you switch over to vodka and fucking lemonade or something like? Oh, I do love fucking, me some lemonade. Yeah, simply lemonade. That shit is amazing. All right, we're gonna leave the blooper in this. This, Back this when, week. If we're gonna go off the rails talking about alcohol, when me and Chris were asked you, my favorite thing to do for game days was to get a sear mist or a sprite from the vending machine drink about a quarter of it and then fill the rest with Jack Daniels vodka. And that was my go-to like game day drink 
So Jack, uh, yeah. Jack Daniels and vodka. Or sorry, Jack Daniels whiskey. I've been drinking as well. So <laughs> you're you're a fucking. We've been beast. drinking. I was like, I was like, what do you call that right there? The fucking Hurricane <laughs> Ian or what? <laughs> <laughs> that is the best drink name I've ever fucking heard. Oh about. god, dude! Bro, I got a credit cocktail just just. I did. You gotta right. you gotta add some beer into that shit too. So then when you when you start puking, you're like. Hurricane Ian's coming through because we done mixed up all the great three things to make me goddamn get sick tonight. Oh, holy shit. Oh, now you, now you got to keep the segment now. I, I have to. <laughs> I love. I just absolutely love the show. All right. Without further ado, let's roll into it, boys. Hashtag shitbox bet of the week. Um, this week, since we have special guests, the flag hunting boys, uh, we're going to we're gonna throw some golf into this. And I, I want you to kind of break down maybe not 40 minutes uh, of, you know, course <laughs> breakdown and, and the lines and whatnot, but I definitely want to hear. Um, and I want to give these NASCAR people some, some plays for golf. So and, and you can, you can, take as much, you can, you can take as much time as you want to Rory. Rory said, fuck yeah. Ian's coming on the show. And like I told Derek before I came on here, he told me to fucking tell you something, and I don't even remember what he told me. I should have wrote it down in my notes, but I seen where you text me and was like, hey, you got to get your ass over here. But I told Derek, I said, Rory does what the fuck Rory wants to do. And I want Ian on this damn show, and Ian can damn take up as much time as he wants. You heard it here first, folks. Ian gets unlimited <laughs> so if this if this podcast is five hours long you know why it's starting yes. at, it's starting at the two hour two hour mark we're, we're already past um but yeah i appreciate it boys i i, I want to get out of your way as quick as i can um we we really want a shit box bet of the week for we're golf. all betting that's it. what we're all betting okay. so does shit box mean inherently like bad or like i'm i'm not see that's the best part about actual an actual 100 to something to one to win this tournament, whoever you want. And then I'll give my 100 to one first round leader shitbox bet of the week after that. Okay. That's what we're rolling with. Okay. Yeah, the best, so part, the best yeah. part about this show is that nobody knows what shitbox is because it's a shitbox, right? Where Fair I'm enough. from, it's a truck yeah. with the front up and the back down. That's shitbox. Okay. So, oh man, I really have a great shitbox bet of the week for top 10 this week, too. Uh, all right. Well, let's, it's let's get into it. Ian, Ian, kick right. us off, dude. Let's do you want me? Do you want me to give you like a little rundown of the course first, or are we just going straight into Yeah. The no, anything you want to add, let's do it. Okay. So, we're at TBC Summerlin this week. It's in Las Vegas, Nevada um it's the third week of the pga tour season so basically the the long and short of this of this golf course it's a desert golf course it's played at elevation it's firm it's firm and fast which means added distance for everyone off the tee whenever conditions play firm and fast and you get added distance i believe unless the course is super super short that accuracy means a lot more than distance just because if you hit the fairway you're going to get an extra additional like 40 50 yards of rollout um and so for me this week in terms of driving I'm looking at more accuracy guys versus distance guys. And then I'm looking for guys that hit their irons extremely, extremely well, because these greens are some of the easiest uh, greens to make putts on outside of five feet on the PGA tour. So expect guys to go out there on, you know, it's, it's Wednesday night right now. Um, so Thursday morning, you know, if you're betting first round leaders, like Roy likes to do, 
you're probably gonna have to get to 63 or 62 you know bet or um you know get to eight under par nine under par to even cash a ticket to, uh, for first round leaders there's gonna be guys going low um so birdie makers accurate drivers good iron players and the ability at least to spike with the putter so for me my favorite pick this week a name near and dear to my heart as me and chris watched him win his initial or his inaugural win on the PG tour at the Wyndham championship in, in Sedgefield and Greensboro. I've got Ji Hung Kim. You can find him at uh, 25, 28 to one across books. He's also named as Tom Kim. So Ji Hung or Tom, um, depending on which book you're using, but yeah, Tom Kim is my boy uh, just in general, but especially this week, he is the most accurate driver of the golf ball on the PGA tour since he's come onto the tour of the last three months. He's 20, he's a 20 year old kid. If you're not all that familiar with golf, um, he legitimately, like, he was a prodigy on the Asian tour. He's a Korean, um, won at least one. He was a prodigious winner on the Asian tour, came over the PGA tour uh, this past summer and has risen the ranks so, so quickly. He's already got his first win, like I said, at Greensboro. And like I said, the most accurate driver of the golf ball uh, on the PGA tour as of right now. And in this field, he's been the best iron player as well um, over the last 28 rounds. So, he is the uh, he's the number one approach player. He's the number one fair uh, number one driving accuracy player in the field as well. Uh, he's number six in wedge proximity, which this course again, whenever you have this much roll on a golf course, you're going to have a lot of kind of shots inside 150, 175 yards. So um, yeah, Ju Hyung Kim, I th- I just think he's not going to get himself in too much trouble, especially on these desert golf courses. Um, you want guys that are not going to they're going to be able to keep it in play because if you hit the ball too far offline around here, uh, if you've ever played out west in Arizona or in Nevada or something like that. Like if you hit it into the waste area, uh, you could be like, you could have your ass stuck in a cactus like uh, Spencer Levine did back in the 2012 uh, Phoenix Open. So uh, I think Kim's going to give himself a lot of looks in the fairway. Gonna be, He's a phenomenal wedge player. And we saw essentially he gained 12.5 strokes putting that week to win at the window by like five shots. So he's got the, he's got the ability to spike for the putter. He's the newest superstar in golf. So it's a nice little sexy pick for you as well. You can kind of, follow him i know if, if he's within like three shots to lead the cameras be, the cameras will be all over him because he's like the newest uh big thing in golf so well, well now we know well now we know why you took him he's asian <laughs> <laughs> just tell well, that shit yeah yeah that's true that's true it was just all a front for me to pick the asian yeah. kid but no nah, he, he is sick roy one second so you can ask so yes as an it's funny because i'm asian american I'm half Amer- half Asian, half American. If you you kind of look like Kyle actually, Larson. What's that? You kind of look like Kyle Larson. I love Kyle Larson. I actually, funny story. I've worked in the food industry for like most of my life. Um, I was a, I was a server and a um, yeah, I worked front of house for like basically my entire twenties so far. And I lived in Mooresville. I've served Kyle Larson at my restaurant. Like, let's go multiple times it's, so it was, like a, it was like a nascar oh, yeah. he, had greg, he had greg biffle there like he met so many yeah. guys to that restaurant. Year, yeah. junior, uh daniel hamrick i got pictures with all of them so kyle larson oh, yeah. so yeah i, you, bet, I bet i bet ian ian's been waiting on me to hammer kyle larson again it's coming brother, I, brother I got you have no idea because i because we're going to the race so i was hoping so fucking hard that Chris would just make the case for kyle larson and chris rebel because i just wanted to homer pick the entire like event and uh yeah, he – I was like – I kept leading him on, like, into, like, call, potential Kyle Larson bets or potential uh, – Hey, don't feel, don't feel bad. I put, like, 200 real actual dollars into a fucking machine on Kyle Larson at Bristol. Yeah, and we did. It, it, it looked like it was going to happen, and then I don't know what the hell – 
his card just went away, it seemed like, towards the end of that race. But I don't blame yeah. you one bit. I always say you're going to the event, you bet the guy that you like. like facts. Hey, hey, Big facts. Hey, yeah, ain't nothing better than, so, than your guy is, winning the race. The thing is, Roy, the problem I'm having is I'm going with Chris. So if Chris wins and I don't win, I would be like the worst drive home of all time. So I'm stuck <laughs> between being a homer and like just being on brand with Chris. And I'm going to end up spending like $500 in this race when I'm like well, 250. So, well, uh, what I would tell you is, but you're in a legal state for gambling. I tell you to lie, bet some bitch, but <laughs> that, you know, that, that ain't, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna right, happen Ian, in North Carolina. Ian, you got sorry. a NASCAR pick this week besides Kyle Larson? Ian's got the shit box golf bet of the week. Well, we're on a NASCAR podcast. We got to hear the NASCAR play. Yeah, so no. Drew, my boy in, in golf, but I do have an I do have a NASCAR bet, which I'm glad you went to me first because I feel like Chris might have the same one because we talked on the podcast last week. I've got AJ Allmendinger to win the Xfinity race at plus two hundred is the best the best odds I've seen so far. I've already clicked the plus two hundred. I think DraftKings has him at plus one eighty right now, but I mean we know about Allmendinger. We've I mean I know I know Skybox has a bet on him to finish top five. I'm pretty sure in, in the Cup Series on Sunday. I'm going to bet up at plus 180 or plus 200 to win the Xfinity race on uh, Saturday the day before. I mean, his we all know he's a road course ringer. His previous road course history in the Xfinity series in particular is, is ridiculous. He's been a second at Watkins Glen, only lost to Kyle Larson, which to me noted there's no Cup Series drivers in the Xfinity field this week. Um, so he was second at Watkins Glen only to Larson. He won at any road course, won at Coda. He won at this track here last year. Again, with no cup drivers in the field that are usually his biggest competition, these kind of tracks, like I think class will be right back in session for uh, for Almendinger in the Xfinity race, and he's gonna he's gonna school these little kids. Um, yeah, around around children, of course. So, yeah, there's no doubt. I I love betting the Dinger at road courses. There's yeah. you know Dinger Ringer. Um, I mean, what are we seriously talking about here? Gibbs is the only other one that you have to worry about, right? I, I mean. It's plus two hundred too. Like I, I know it's kind of it's kind of sick to like bet a plus two hundred outright, but I mean he's almost guaranteed to be like in the mix, like with five laps to go. So, and you're talking to a guy who bet Kyle Busch this year in the Truck Series at minus one fifty. I will lay <laughs> some stupid bets. Okay, I put I put a lot of money on Kyle Busch at Coda, and then Alex Bowman fucking hacked, messed that <laughs> shit all up. Yeah. Also, I. I I do want to give some fucking props. We said we were going to talk about this in the show earlier, but we never got to it because I was busy like talking about basketball and shit. But our boy Skybox legitimately gave the biggest, like I saw the biggest winning NASCAR ticket I've ever seen on Twitter last week on Matt DiBenedetto. Me and Chris both cashed because like Chris has been a, a 21 truther since like the start and I just followed him uh, blindly at Talladega. So I do, before, before uh, I kind of uh, zone out and, and give you guys the floor here, uh, I just want to talk about the cool five figures that uh, our boy Mark just cashed on it at, on Saturday. Hey, he's the he's the fucking man, like, dude. The it, fact that he it, has, it, dude, he has the biggest fucking balls of all time. Like, depending on has been, he's been so shit because I bet him every week because Chris does, and I'm like, I'm just by proxy a Maddie D fan just because, like, I have to. For I, the and I so had him, I had him top three. Hey, that's fun. That's a cash ticket. And, 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 and here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. Roy, Roy didn't have to sweat 
over the fucking NASCAR ruling for Bob Ockris. <laughs> over the last, no, like, he, knew he won. He knew he won. So like, with like when the final lot cleared, Rory was already cashing his ticket. Me, Skybox, and Chris had to sit there and wait on Ockris. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah, just, but, just refreshing yeah. the Twitter. Oh my god, yeah. dude! But dude, that was yeah. But I assumed incredible. I assumed Mark had a shit ton on him for some reason. Well, okay, <laughs> and I, I was say, like, why did I mean? I I appreciate you guys, but I bet Matt every week, so it's it's nothing new. But I'm gonna tell you, yeah, but it's all but it's always been a fucking hundred dollars every damn week, and then he bet that shit. He didn't just bet it; he bet it for the fucking limits, which is just like (laughs) I fucking love Matt more for that. Well, I got I got to I got to give props where props is due. So yes, while I put a hundred dollars on Matt's Benedetta to win every week, I decided to put more on it because I get a text. On Friday morning at 10, 12 a.m. from none other than Chris from the Flag Hunting Pod that sends a screenshot of the truck odds with Matt DiBenedetto clicked at 25 to 1. And his caption reads, I know Mark has probably already clicked this, but potentially the last plausible track to bet Matty D this season. Anybody else riding? I read that text and went straight back to the book and put that (laughs) $200 wager on Matt DiBenedetto to win. So, Chris... The, the the extra juice that was laid on top of the hundred dollar bet was props to you. So thank you. Hell yeah, I love to hear that. And what's funny about that is I sent that same exact text to our group text, which is why Ian was also in on it. So that's cool. Yeah, I wasn't just, so I wasn't winners just all the way it. around. <laughs> yeah. See, I wasn't just in on it. I re-upped when he was twenty to one Let's after the go. restart. So I fucking ah. two NASCAR, yeah, two NASCAR outrights. Long live Matty D. Go. I fucking love that kid. I was like tearing up during his interview uh, post race, but I'm gonna Dude. leave. Like, I've got to give all the yeah. to Chris because you guys are the original Maddie D stands. So, Dude, I was like yeah. a kid in a candy store. I did tear up uh, when they were doing his interview, and I know that's so soft, and I literally do not care for anyone that's listening to this. Like, fuck you. Uh, it is. Oh, I, so I love it that I think it's awesome. Me one. I'm Rory. happy. I really appreciate I'm that. happy for him. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I'll tell uh, you on that. It 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 would be like um Cody fucking Ware winning for me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, okay. Hold your fucking horses here. Jesus. I'd be I'd be so happy for SC's dog just because he's named that. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Um shitbox bet of the week. Last week, uh, yeah, it was Matt's Benedetta. It was it was it's always Matt's Benedetta on Super Speedways. This week. Skybox, shitbox, bet of the week. AJ Allmendinger, top five, plus 150. I've already maxed it out on two of my books. The third book is just waiting. It's, it's going to happen. All I need is a little kick in the nuts uh, to go bet it. But um, I, I, I'm really not even – I'm not going to throw any numbers out. We all know that AJ Allmendinger on road courses is an ace. He's, he's the modern-day road course ringer. Uh, he's won a race in the cup series at, at any road last year. And I said this on Derek's show and I'll say it again. The only reason that he's not at the front of these road course races is if he blows an engine like he did last year at the Roval, or he gets punted in the last corner, the second to last corner at Coda, uh, he, plus money at a top five at a place that he's undefeated at in the Xfinity series, never lost a race batting a thousand at the Roval in the Xfinity series. I just think that that this number is blasphemy. I thought this number plus 150 was going to be more towards like even money, maybe minus 125, and I was still going to slam it. So to get plus money on a guy that is always, always, always at the front 
of these road course races. Feed me more. AJ Allmendinger, top five, plus 150. Chris, what you got? Well, I'll let Ian go ahead. Ian has a comment first. I have something quick. I have something quick. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. Do you just close the name of the books that you bet on on this on the show? I just want to. Yeah, that's fine. So I okay. use Bavada, um, right. and and then the the other ones are just local books. Yeah, that's so it's like bet, yeah, Bet WC. Um, there's the the best one actually. The one I hit Matt on is called WinningBigMoney.com. How about that one? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite one. <laughs> that's like my book Steam Twenty Two at yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, AJ and Bovada is plus 175 to finish top five, which yeah, juicy. actually, God, that's yeah. incredible. That's Dean incredible. Chris talked about that last night and we actually cited your bet as like one of the reasons why I was on it because dude, uh, that's crazy. Plus 175. That's absurd to me. I, I don't know why I think I, I don't, it doesn't sound like I'm an, on an Island on the show or tonight recording this podcast, but fuck, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know, but that is just yeah. juicy. Well, not to mention, wasn't it? I don't know if it was Road to America or any road course, but didn't he finish top ten with no power steering? Like the guy yes. is an animal. Like right. he, is, he, he is. He is. He was in contention at any road course, like being like almost dead because he he didn't have yeah. water. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. when he yeah. was like actually overheating in the car with like the yeah. no water. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Animal. I thought he was gonna pull that bitch off. I had money on him that day. So did I. Yeah. All right, Chris, what you got, my man? All right, so I talked about this one last night on our podcast as well, but I'm going to share it again just because I love it so much. But um, And legally, we don't mean you don't have access to this one, so we had to reach out to some sources to get access. But on DK, if you have access to DK, um, plus 750, driver to win the pole wins the race. We're talking about four of the top – four of the um, guys who won pole at road courses this year, Kyle Reddick, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson – you're not going to get the. You're barely even getting plus seven fifty on those guys now before they win pole. If they win pole, you're going to have an incredible number on them. Uh, the only other guy who's won pole at a road course this year is Ryan Blaney. He's sitting, you know, plus twelve hundred, plus six hundred on a lot of books right now. He'll probably be sitting plus eight hundred, plus seven fifty if he was to win pole. So, I don't know. To me, and, and you know, the 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 pole king this year, Christopher Bell. I just don't see it happening at road courses because Toyota just don't seem to have it. Um, so, you know, you don't have to worry about that. I just I don't see anybody other than Reddick, Chase, or Larson winning pole. So therefore, you're going to get an incredible number come race day. So I'm all over that one. I've already reached out to a few people to get some money on that outside North Carolina since I can't place it here. Um, but yeah, that one I love that bet, and um, I'm a huge fan of that bet when it comes to races like this where you can pretty accurately kind of predict the pole winner. Yeah, that. So I didn't even know that was a thing until this year, and maybe it wasn't a thing before this year. But um, I can't remember exactly who. I think it's Ryan. Um, not I fancy race, but the other Ryan, Ryan Stevens. Uh, yeah, Ryan yeah, Stevens. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so him. he, dude, it's it is so like it's so real the value that you have in this bet because obviously you lose you lose out on a guy that's maybe thirty to one to win the poll, but at by that time you know maybe not a thirty to one is going to get down to seven and a half to one, but any of those guys like you just mentioned, Chris, or Blaney, what what you know those. 12 to one and under guys, they're not going to be seven and a half to one if they win the poll. Right. So, you know, parlay that with the practice speed. If they have great practice speeds and qualify a poll, uh, you're not going to find that number anywhere. So you might as well bet it now. I love that. I like it. All right. Uh, Rory shitbox bet of the week. What you got? <clears throat> All right. So first I got my golf shitbox bet of the week. 
<laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Tom. Wait, Chris and Tom. I have golf bets too. All right, we'll circle back. Go ahead. All right. All right. So we got Tyler Duncan plus one fifty. Well, one fifty to one plus one hundred and fifty whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I know it's one fifty to one. Fifteen thousand plus fifteen thousand. There you go, buddy. All right. All right, throw a little change on a little Tyler Duncan this week. Don't even ask me why. One day I searched his, like, name because he was matched up against somebody. I was like, who the fuck is this cat? He goes low sometimes. So, hell, give me this guy. I, I like a guy that just lays it on out there. And as Elon, it, as Ian was saying, if the ball rolls out, like, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure he's pretty accurate. He's super uh, accurate. Yeah, he's top fifteen in the fairways game on this on this entire in this entire field. So yeah, he he drives the ball for sure. I don't know. I think he got a little value there. One fifty to one. You yeah, just a sports? smidge. Well, Joe, I don't I mean, like fuck. No, that's first round leader. You oh, know, first round leader. Okay, I like that a lot yeah. better than that. Right? Yeah, I like that a lot better than that. Right? Because it's. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna shit talk Royce. I, I gotta see. I gotta <laughs> see who. All right, now we're not gonna be damn doing all that shit. No, but <laughs> I'm just no, playing. No, I don't know. I don't even know where the hell they're playing. I just pulled a <laughs> rabbit out of the hat. Like, if it was an outright bet, I would push back a little more. But the thing is, like when you're talking about first round leaders, I always think, especially during the fall swing, for FRLs, like always just go deep, deep down the board because like these, I always say like everyone in this field is capable of shooting a 62 on this golf course, but maintaining that, that pace for all four days is where it's what separates the men from the boys and what separates the guys at the top of the odds board from the bottom. So if you're, if you do want to bet a long shot this week, unless like, unless you have a really, really strong feeling about like their overall game. Um, yeah, definitely like a, a like a Todd Duncan type or like a, Adam Svensson type, some of the guys I liked like deep, deep down the board. Um, I like him better to lead up to Thursday than after Sunday for sure. Okay. Well, what do you think about um, – let's see. No, it, it was somebody that I seen earlier. They were like in the 100 yeah. range because I was looking for a 100 play. But it was uh, – shit. Uh, Domin. Oh, Joel Damon. Dude, I circled. I love Joel Damon this week. Okay. All right. That's a phenomenal. We're, we're changing the Tyler Duncan play. Fuck <laughs> no, bullshit. We're, I, I'm, going with, I'm going with Damon here. Diamond, whatever yeah. the hell, however the hell you pronounce it. I'm yep. going with him right here. First round leader, 100 to 1. Joel Damon, super, super accurate off the tee. He just finished second of the Sanders Palms in tee to green play. Um, so, yeah, I actually really thought about him as an outright bet. Uh, this week, and I think you can still find him at like one twenty-five to one. Uh, this is this one is the the Stu's wine bet of the week right here. Uh, I'm so jealous you got Stu Vegas wine, man. You got to you got to send you got to come to Charlotte so we can drink it together, man. Because that was <laughs> he's a legend. I love Stu Vega. I wouldn't mind seeing Bass Pro Shops. Joel Dahman, D A H M E N. Correct, D H M E N. Dude, I only have him at plus seventy-five hundred. That's some dog, dude. That's they know Rory Sharp. This is on Rory-ish. Bet Rivers. It's moving lines already. Yeah, that's yeah, this is on this is on Bet Rivers. Um, where are you looking, um, Mark? Just just a local. I'll I'll shop around. I'll find a good I, line. Yeah, Bovada's got one twenty five to one. If you want to, all right, cool. Yeah, that's where I'm betting it. Yeah, so that's all actually right, Rory NASCAR play. 
NASCAR play. Shit All right, box. we're going. We're going with the real shit box here, and I just I got that gut feeling. Justin Haley plus eight hundred top three. I mean, not top Ooh. three, top ten, top ten. He'd be a lot higher for top three. Yeah, but top ten, like that's a juicy wow. number. That's a big ass number. I I really really think it's worth taking a shot on a guy that he. He usually stays out out of most most trouble things, and he's also been good here in the Xfinity series. So he knows how to get around the place. I think he could be one of those backdoor like sneaky top tens, or could be one that happened to I don't give a shit about stage points and then gains positions, and he keeps it and keep keeps getting up there and then later on next thing you know third stage if they don't mess the pit stop up now you're talking about a guy you have at plus eight eight hundred odds to just finish top 10 i don't know it's just a value play i love the number that's a big ass number for a top 10 i like that especially with this just absolute nonsense of a season on these road courses yeah all right um, and and i also I also like Daniel Hemrick this week in the Xfinity series. And I haven't really looked at the matchups yet. I, I might would be willing willing to lay a little coin on that. But as far as as far as uh placement, I, I like him a lot at the plus one seventy five top five. All right. Lock it in. Rory picks four picks because you're not going to switch up on me mid podcast. You're taking Tyler Duncan. So I'm giving you the benefit okay. of that. I mean, I thought it was value and shit on my pick. So oh, I, I was did. like, and then, and then he liked, and then he liked my next one that I had mine. All right. Well, let's go with that one. We, we got to <laughs> trust with the guy that's up with like 400 units last year. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right, Chris, um, you got your golf shit box ready to fire away? Let's hear it. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, it would be very off-brand of me to not do uh, somebody on our card, right, Ian? So, you know, could have went a few different directions here. But, um, you know, the race is in Charlotte. The golf tournament may not be, but let's go with a guy that's from North Carolina, Tom Hoagie, 50 to 1 outright. State school, baby, represent. Let's go. Uh, Ian, Ian talked about how this course is, you know, all built on kind of approach and around the green play. And, and Tom Hoagie is one of those guys that's, that excels at that, at that metric. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's pair the Charlotte Roval with, with the uh, Shriners Open here. Let's go with the North Carolina boy, Tom Hoagie, 50 to 1. I fucking right. By the way, by the way, Tom Hoagie, I talk about wedge play inside 150 yards, the best wedge player in this field over the last 50 rounds. So, extend the sample size. He is, if he, if he can find the fairway consistently here, He's going to have a lot of looks inside 150, and he's going to fucking flag hunt uh, all of his Hey, uh, So he's going to be Tom Tom Wedgie. I'm Tom Wedgie. <laughs> That's my boy, Tom Wedgie, right there. All right, so my um, golf Shriners Open shitbox bet of the week is based off of one thing and one thing only. And it is – we've been talking about on-brand. It's very on-brand for – um, my type of gambling, because if you're going to gamble any money, you better be willing to burn it or go lose it in Vegas. So I'm going with my favorite nickname on tour, the Postman. All right, JT Postman. Hey, all right? 704, baby. 
Yes, Hickory, sir. Hickory, North Carolina. Hickory, North Carolina kid. Yes, sir. Damn right. Yep. Postman, I, why, 50 why, to are, why, why are you cheating here? I thought we were talking about 100 to 1 on shit box. <laughs> well, hold on. Because um, you Mr. can have a Mr. real you can Rory. have a real shit box in golf as 100 to 1. Like, Listen, our golf expert handicapper here went with a 20 to 1. Give me a break. Yeah, but he's getting ready <laughs> to put another shit box bet out. Right now, real shit box bet out. I want to hear somebody plus 100 to 1. Plus one ten thousand. You know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. Get on with it. Okay. You you want a you want a big name, huh? You want a big. Let's cat. hear it. I want it from Mark's ass. I want it what? from Mark too. All right, give me a second. Mark's hey. looking. Give but I want second. Ian. Ian. Give me. Give me. Ian already. already. Don't, Ian's don't already got a guy. Already. I've got you. He's, He's a guy. I've actually personally played top twenty, but if you want to just fucking fuck around and and bet him to win at like two hundred to one. Look up Brian Stewart's price. He is the number two wedge player after Tom Hoagie actually in this entire field. He is historically one of those accurate drivers of the golf ball in on the entire PJ Tour. I think he finished second to Ryan Armour last year in terms of driving accuracy on this on this golf course. And he finished fourth here in 2019. So Brian Stewart is a guy that I like in if you play DFS, if you play DraftKings, uh, I like him as like a kind of a sleeper play, but certainly uh, he's got the skill set for me in terms of wedge play driving actually making a lot of birdies all uh, right so i'm gonna throw two guys at you ian and i'm gonna let you pick but they're both based off of names and they're both north of 100 to one so golfer number one shitbox option a dylan fratelli at 120 to one yeah. or harry hall at 170 to one is this a straight up matchup or is this just like who would rather bet it? Like he's no, who am I? Who's going to be my 100 to 1 plus shit box off of the week? Who's yeah, outright, outright. Yeah, okay. So Joel Dahman's not an answer here. It's no. Harry Hall versus Dylan Bertelli, correct? Okay, so um, <laughs> Bertelli. Okay, so let's start. This you don't have to throw numbers, you can just pick one. Well, I'm, okay, so my pick was going to be Harry Hall just because I, I think. He actually played quite well here last year. He got his tour card um, in the previous PGA Tour season, so he's been kind of bouncing between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour, which is like the AAA of, of golf. Um, but he finished eighth here last year um, in terms of his, his recent finish. So Harry Hall, I think he is – he's from England, but I believe he has some Vegas roots going to UNLV. So – I love that fucking name. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Harry yeah, Hall. Hall. He actually, Let's he actually fucking go. He he hits the ball a fucking long way. He wears a little Bryson cap. If you guys have ever watched Bryson, oh no, play. Dude. oh no. god, help me! <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, who, who, is the, who, who is the other one? So Fratelli, Dylan Fratelli. The problem, oh, hell yeah, is, no, dude, Harry Hall, fuck the hat. Yeah, Fratelli hits the ball a long way, and that's about it. And I don't still. I just don't think on this golf course, like you need wedge play, you need putting, and I, I don't really trust Fratelli to make enough birdies. So I think Harry Hall is objectively the better play. But if you just want to go straight hat narrative, and uh, you know who looks like a golfer more on the course, like, like I would if if like put it this way, if like if I was on the first tee as a single, and I had the choice, like on the first tee of being like Fratelli versus Hall, who was I going to team up for the with for the day on just like a random. 18 holes. Um, Fratelli looks like a better golfer. So if you well, want that kind of, well, of that. what about your boy Goddard? 
Oh god. Yeah. The thing with yeah, the thing with Godarp is like he went to the Corn Fairy Tour to try to get like a full status in the PGA Tour. And I bet him a couple of times, like off the record at 100 to one in the Corn Fairy, and he like was like six under through or six over through six. So Godarp not exactly in the best form. I actually like Godarp a little bit better on like harder golf courses because he drives the ball really well. Like he finished top third at the US Open. That's kind of where he came onto the scene. Um did finish in the top five of the John Deere Classic, which is a bent grass easy golf course. So you can make a case for him in that sense, but the dude can't putt inside like five feet, so he's gonna miss his fair share of putts. So I like Goddard maybe as like a top 40 play. He could make the cut with his ball striking prowess, but uh in terms of making enough putts to win around here, that's a little bit of a tough, tough ask. I was just curious. That's an interesting name. Got her up. I like Giddy up, motherfucker. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Giddy up, got her up. I like that. I like that. All right. Um, we have reached the part of the show where we no longer talk about NASCAR or sports or gambling or golf or basketball in this episode. Uh, and I believe there might be a special guest for our next segment, hashtag Rory's Stories, the second um the second segment of the week we used to have now now we're adding uh, hashtag rory's rants um and before i drink any more i'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to rory uh to close us out so rory hashtag rory stories rock and roll well first off i'm waiting on my wife to give me a response back if she's going to come on i'm just going to put her on here she's going to tell all of rory's stories if she does but meanwhile chris who is your favorite play this week? Like, even if you even if even if you aren't betting on him because of the number, who is your favorite play this week? Uh, so if I'm not betting based on number, if I'm just going like since we're gonna be there, who's gonna be my pick? Just Tyler Reddick. Like, let's let's just be honest. If, if you know, like he's been, we've seen him be so good this year at road courses and he has nothing to lose compared to the guys around him. Like I know Chase Elliott doesn't really either, but Todd Reddick finished second here last year. Um, he's been, you know, second, second and first in total speed at three of the five road courses this year. Um, and I'm, you know, we're fans. Look, Ian's, Ian's got the shirt right there. That's what I'll be repping on Sunday. So I'll be repping that exact shirt right there. So yeah, I'm going with Todd Reddick. If, if I had to, if I had to go with my, my gut feel pick as, as you would call it. Is that the eight dollar cha cha? <laughs> it is. Whatever. It actually is. It actually is. Cha cha. He won Big Four yeah. in America, so we had we felt all good to buy the shirts. Plus, he's our he's our poster boy. So, all right, so Mark, well, Mark, you were shaking your head. I want to know why you were shaking your head. <laughs> because I have a very substantial side bet with Chris Worm, Chase Elliott versus Tyler Reddick, and I'm taking uh, Chase Elliott. And I just think you guys are crazy. I think that his. Um, his little pop-up on the scene this year on road courses is not going to last. And uh, Chase Elliott's three-year reign of the road course king uh, will reign true. And um, I have Chase Elliott to win, low-hanging fruit at plus 500. And if he wins, then it doesn't matter where Tyler Reddick finishes. So, See, I luckily, luck, luckily I, have, I have Speedway Steve and them putting shit out really, really fucking quick. And I jumped what does that on have that. to do with shit? I, ju- I jumped on that fucking plus 750. I was yeah, just saying. See, I'm like, jealous <laughs> of that shit. Seven to one is a juicy ass number. Yeah, I, that's the only thing that sucks about, you know, just like 
like I used to know, dealing with a local book, the outright odds are just absolutely horrendous. And I don't blame them. Like, I understand completely. At least you get good value in the matchups. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kill matchups like I used to kill matchups when I did have access to that all the time. Yes, sir. All right. Well, um, I still have a day job. So are we going to be, are we doing Rory stories or what are we doing here? I'm ready for bed. Yeah, we're, You guys we're have driven to... me to drink on a <clears throat> Wednesday night. All right. So I don't, have I told have I told the Martinsville race about me getting thrown out of it? No, you just told heard. Charlotte and then the one with your old lady. No, you haven't told so, me. So I haven't told the Martinsville one. All right, we'll roll with that because I'm pretty sure the old lady is is down for the count tonight. She deals with pre-K wild ass kids all day long. And sometimes she just kicks the bucket everybody can't be like me you know you just stay wide open all the time i feel like ian's that type of person that 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 that's what i can see ian doing he he stays up till three in the morning then he gets back up at six in the morning and then he's good you know i i like that and i mean right? that's actually that's actually pretty accurate word but that's not really my decision I go to I go to grad school on a West Coast time, so all my assignments are usually due at like three or four a.m. Um, so yeah, usually like after FHP, I'm grinding on some kind of quiz or some kind of paper. Um, all I can tell you is, is it's just like the Hank Williams Jr. song: "The hangovers hurt more than they used to." Like, wait till you get. I used to roll. I used to roll like. Work third shift, get off work on Thursday, never go to bed till Saturday morning. Like when I'm talking morning, I ain't talking early hours of the morning. I'm talking about like you see the sun coming up <laughs> on Saturdays. Like used to throw down. But anyway, back in my day when I was about that age, I rolled up to Martinsville and we we were having we were having a good ass time, meet up with some people. And like my dad, he he took all of us to the race. He used to be my my race buddy sidekick. Like always grew up watching NASCAR ever since he was a kid. I wish I could find the David Pearson pillow that he used to have. Like the old school pillows. He was he was a big Ford guy. That that was my dad. So he he always enjoyed coming up until after the race and everybody's done had a case and it just it, it that is really like y'all need to get in the car we got to get the hell out of here you know and then he i remember him he took my damn beer out of my hand and smashed that motherfucker on the ground <laughs> like he was that pissed off and ready ready to go so we all we all hopped in the car and left but Leading up to all this, we we get into the racetrack and and we're having we're having a pretty damn good time. And next thing you know, I got my buddy with me. I'm not gonna say any names just in case anybody's listening to this and then puts two and two together. But 
you always got that friend like that gives a shit less than even you do (laughs) i don't know anybody in this world that gives a shit less than you do for what it's worth (laughs) so so the night before actually like this thing can like carry on this was one of those weekends so we stay up all night out drinking then next thing you know we end up at a party something like that i don't know i don't even remember like it's all just a rumble again until you get to martinsville and then you start remembering shit again like that dad the only thing he could think of was you got the fucking tickets right because one time like we went to charlotte or whatever and i left the fucking tickets at home (laughs) and we got luckily only only got maybe 45 minutes down the road realized it and turned back around and and went on and that that's another story in itself that day but yeah so we end up staying up the whole night before basically i don't even know if we even i i don't think we went to bed because my dad he had came in town from from richmond they they had moved there and i was living in lynchburg so he comes down to stay with us because, you know, Martins was just right down the road, saves him a drive early in the morning. And he actually went out with us earlier, but then he went home. <laughs> you know how the older older people, they have a brain upstairs. Younger people, they, they ain't got shit like that up there. So we, we stayed out all night drinking, get up. And next thing you know, we're, we're halfway through the race. And my buddy actually had a torn ACL, but he had, hadn't had surgery on it yet and had it fixed. So his leg was swelled up from all the damn walking down there at Martinsville, the hills and shit and whatever, whatever we had done. And, like, he doesn't want to get up to go piss in the middle of the race, right? So... He ends up pissing out of his shorts, fucking pisses splattering up on this woman's back. And then this dude, this woman's husband is like so fucking pissed. I'm like, we couldn't have a perfect more incident happening right now. Like, I couldn't even tell you who the fuck won that race because I'm pretty sure my dad got up and left. He went went to the vehicle after that. It was just like, I'll be at the vehicle. Y'all come on back whenever y'all feel like it. Then I got my buddy Adam over here calling this motherfucker a common motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this one is so drunk. He don't give a shit what the hell is like going on. And we're in the middle of trying to break up him getting the fuck beat out of him because he He's on one leg. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't going to do it much good. So, so we were just like, come the fuck on. We're going to move somewhere else to finish this out. Get the hell out of here. Like, get get you a little bit closer to ground level. So, if you got a piss, you can make it to the bathroom. Get you closer to ground level. <laughs> My favorite part about Roy's stories is Roy laughing at his own story. <laughs> I mean, this is this is ridiculous. I mean, he 
Oh who, just, who just decides to piss out of their own leg like in the in the fucking middle of a race? I'm thinking, man, you got cargo shorts on and you're pissing out of your fucking shorts. You're hung like a fucking horse. That's what <laughs> I think. I might have to put the explicit thing on this episode, <laughs> too. What's funny about that is the first time we had Roy on our podcast, I actually did put the explicit on just in case. <laughs> I just don't want to take it down. This has been a great episode. <laughs> I love it. You know, you oh put me, in, you put Ian and me together, and the f bombs just start rolling. Like, yeah, I can't. That's really what got me going on the flag hunting pod that day. Ian dropped one, and then it was like five hundred million for me after <laughs> that. I was like, so cool. The f bomb is absolutely okay on here. All right, y'all gave me full permission. To say as many fucks as I wanted to say. We tried to keep it clean for the first like two weeks, and then like we would always cave like halfway through the episode when we didn't even realize it. So we just gave up on all that, and it was it's an eighteen plus podcast from now on, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Although like, I mean, I you just gotta be yourself. Yeah, like what kid doesn't say the f word these days? Like I feel like I've, I've, I've. Oh, kids these days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I can't imagine kids saying those words or using fingers or anything else of that extent. <laughs> they seen dad driving a whole lot. I have road rage like a motherfucker. Oh, man. I, and his you own, can't his, go his, fast no, enough. Roy, let me give you some advice then. Don't come to Florida then, bud. Oh, yeah. You're asking a shot. Don't go to Florida. <laughs> you either dive a heart attack behind the wheel or like legit could just, yeah, like, like, I don't know. Florida, Florida people actually—they don't do too bad. They stay the fuck over in the left-hand lane. You're great. You are high as balls. Uh, right now. Uh, oh, really? You are crazy. Oh, shit. I've been—it's so bad. I was thinking about getting a dash cam for my truck. Well, I, I wouldn't even—I wouldn't even be driving in Florida because I'd be at the fucking beach all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's uh, there's businesses down here. People got to work for a living. It's not all tourism. All right, boys. Um, yeah, well, that's that why I'm gonna hit the Powerball. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. good. I try, I played it. Or I lost a lot of money in that too. I'm a gambler, man. Or just bet Cody, Cody Ware every single week for the limit, and then just reti- retire on that one. Eventually, hits. There you go. Nah, even I'm smart enough not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, Chris and Ian from the Flag Hunting Pod. Appreciate you guys. Uh, any final words? Um, we, you know. This is this is conversation style. We appreciate you guys uh, changing up, um, you know, your style and most everyone's style and hopping on with us. But uh, I'm gonna call it quits here because I've I the vodka, the Tito's, the Sprite. It has been flowing. It is a Wednesday night, and I have work tomorrow. So appreciate you guys. Uh, any final words? I'll let y'all close it out. Yeah, I think. Uh... Honestly, you guys are you guys are the best. There's a reason me and you were like so stoked to come on here tonight. We're so stoked that you guys started this podcast. Um, everything about it is is awesome. Um, you know, big big kudos to you guys for what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, like I said earlier, I was glad to have met you guys in person in PA, and glad to uh, call you guys friends in this community. Um, and uh, all the thanks goes to to you guys and Derek and Phil and you know, everyone that's kind of we're in this space together with it's, it's, it's honestly a blast. So appreciate you having us on tonight. And as always, Roy, we love your stories, man. There's so much. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Dude, only, I mean, only this shit happens with me. 
Like, oh, Corey, dude, you guys like me, me and Chris have said this in private, but like you guys are the fucking dream team in terms of creating content. So I don't miss an episode of Lane Coin, <laughs> Rory, Skybox, man. Y'all are fucking legends. I can't wait to meet y'all in person. Uh, gutted that you guys weren't able to come to the Royal this week, but we'll we'll make something happen over the course of the golf schedule or the P or the uh, or the NASCAR schedule next year. And uh, I, I have a lot wait, going on the next few weeks. I'm like going. I got like dragged into going to the Packers and the Redskins game. Could give two shits about either one. It's gonna be like and a thirty-one to like seven blowout. What do you what are you going to the Redskins game for? Just to talk shit to my mother in law because she's a Redskins <laughs> fan. And the rest of the family's a Packers fans. So we all just give her a bunch of shit and piss her <laughs> off, you know. Ian. Good old son in law shit. You know what I'm saying? You- Oh, yeah, I know you just moved to Florida, but um, I'm going to the Homestead race on the 22nd or 23rd if you want to head down there. Is that October, November? Yeah, this month, October, in a couple weeks. I mean, I'm only probably two hours from Homestead, so actually that's not a bad little idea. Let's go, dude. Yeah, All that, right, that, well, text me. I Let's was, do this. I was actually thinking about going to the Braves-Marlins game. This week, uh, just because the Braves were about to clinch, I, I grew up in the South, so I'm, I'm a Braves fan, um, as long as as well as a Guardians fan. But uh, yeah, that could be my my kind of trip, my first trip to Miami in like five years. If I were well, you know, hot take, you know, uh, you know what they say though. I wasn't really all going into Bristol the other week, and I could pop up in Charlotte, brother. <laughs> hey, just 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 swing by, big like just tailgate with us. We'll fucking get you in. Who cares? He, they're not going to give a shit. He slept on the ground in our hotel room at Bristol. It's possible. I slept in double. I put both of the damn, like, lounge seats or whatever together. Or oh, both of right. the chairs with the middle thing and whatever. I was like, shit, I'm living the high life right now. <laughs> All I'm missing is a 40, <laughs> puffing a Winston and drinking a 4 <laughs> like back in back in the day when I used to smoke. Roy, you're coming to you're right, coming boy. to Major, right? With us, with me and Skybox and, and Chris next next. Yeah, year. I, I gotta, I gotta Hell go yeah. to that. I've Brother, always dreamed dreamed we, about going to. If we hit a winner at Sawgrass next year, the three of us, I'm jumping into the pond on 17. That's like, that's like do it. I will get arrested for a winner. Like, I'll, I'm, I'll bail you out. I'll bail you. It's out. too. <laughs> it's 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 too bad that I, it's too bad that I can't bet my boy Cam Smith this year. Like I had him earlier this year. So, funny story, Cam Smith. So, he lives in my hometown, and um, he actually bought a second house in Ponte Vedra um, after he went to the live tour. So, honestly, excuse my French, fuck him. He's a traitor. I'm team tour. Anyway, that would be a podcast in itself. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. I appreciate you guys. I'd, I'd, I'd love to come on y'all's show again. Maybe we can have the live tour debate. How about that? Fucking do it, man. All right, boys. Appreciate you guys. Happy y'all. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs>